0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. This week, Izzy and I are so excited to reunite with one of our good friends from grad school, Allie Fisher. Several months ago, Allie left her job to pursue her dream of traveling the world. And we're so excited to talk to her today about her experience as a solo female traveler and how she was able to prepare and make this happen and the connections that she's made along the way. So take out your pencils and paper and take some notes because I think we're all going to be really inspired by Allie to book that dream trip and go experience the world and everything that it has to offer.
1: Allie Fisher, we're so excited to have you. And this feels like a little reunion for the three of us as we all know each other from graduate school. Um, Allie, you're always kind of like the ringleader in all the fun group activities and you got us through grad school by keeping us social and fun while we were drowning in work and clinical activities. So can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and what you're up to lately?
2: Yeah. Um, so I'm 27 and I grew up in California in the mountains above Fresno in a really small town um called Plovis. Um I have always enjoyed like being outside, um, adventuring, anything that involves being in the water, watching sunsets, watching sunrises, um, and initially got the travel bug um, in undergrad um, because I went to San Diego State for undergrad and for our major, we were required required to study abroad. Um, So I studied abroad in Belgium the summer after my sophomore year. And that was kind of my first time traveling, my first time traveling alone, my first time really leaving the country. Um, and I remember just being in awe about how beautiful the world is. Um, so definitely um, that got my travel bug started. And since then, um, I'm constantly planning my next trip. Um, I have two siblings. I have an older brother and a younger brother. and. Um, After I did my study abroad, I remember telling my family how great traveling was and really encouraging us to travel as a family, too. So we started traveling internationally together, um, and as I started taking off more and more countries, I just wanted to see, you know, more and more and more. So what I'm doing right now is I'm currently retired. I call this my first retirement. Um, So I quit my job as a speech-language therapist um, back in August. And I left on a solo travel adventure in the middle of September. Um, So I started in Europe, and I mostly spent time in Spain and Portugal, about two months. Um, And then I bopped over to Nepal um, and spent about five weeks in Nepal, um, and then made my way over to Southeast Asia. Uh, So I was in Cambodia for a couple of weeks, and now I've been in Thailand for almost a month. Um, So traveling is kind of my full-time gig right now. And I'm really having just like the time of my life.
0: Allie, that's seriously so awesome. Like you really inspire me so much. I feel like anytime someone like decides to like, Quit their job and go do something that they love. I'm always like, yes, let's do it. Um, but what really led up to you, like, ultimately making that decision to be like, All right, I'm gonna quit my job and I'm gonna go. I'm gonna do it.
2: Yeah. So um, after I graduated, um, I went on a like a six week trip. Um, so part of it was AZ. We did um, Vietnam and Thailand together, and then I went to, to Japan for a couple weeks after. Um, And once I got home, I was then looking for jobs um, pretty much all across the U.S. I really wanted to be um, a medical speech therapist and I wanted to be in acute care. So I really opened up the horizon to I'll move anywhere, I'll do anything. Um, And after applying to jobs for honestly a couple of months um, and lots of interviews and things not working out, I, I got a job, um, basically my dream job um, in my hometown. Um, so in Fresno, California, um, I got a job at a level one trauma center. Um, and pretty much everybody, when I was going through the job hunt and you know, things weren't working out, they'd say, oh, but Allie, like, when, you, when you get the right job, it's gonna be the right fit and you're just gonna know. And I didn't really believe them at that time. Um, but as soon as I got the job um, at the hospital that I was working at, Um, it meant that I could live at home and I could save so much money. Um, so once I got the job, pretty much within a couple months of starting, I had talked to my parents about, um, kind of my long-term plan of working for a couple of years to get that experience. Um, and then taking time off to work on some of my other life goals, um, which is traveling. Um, so I have a goal to do 30 countries before I'm 30 years old, 30 before 30, um, and so after kind of reaching some of my career goals, um, it was time to take a break and work on some of my life goals. So really um, not only was a job like a great job for me, I love my coworkers, but it really fit into my life well to help me be able to save up money, to be able to um, travel more long-term. Um, and I think with the pandemic, it actually kind of worked in my favor um because I had already told myself in 2020 that I was not going to be traveling I was going to be saving money this is going to be my time to save up money stay home and that in a couple of years it would be my time to travel again um so because nothing was going on in COVID it was actually really easy to save money um and I was able to do um, you know, pay off my loans and buy a new car and still save enough money to um, come traveling and 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 not work while I'm traveling. Um, so really, it was just kind of everything lining up in the in the right uh, order for me to be able to um, to take this time off.
1: That's so cool. I love stories like that where it just makes sense looking back. And that definitely, make sense for you. And like, just knowing you in grad school, you, you had those goals of the 30 under 30 and working for a few years and then traveling and just to see you do it. It's just made me so excited for you and so happy for you. And I think I really liked how you laid out like career goals. Then there's life goals because I don't think, I think sometimes people get so caught up in their career that they forget to like check in on their life goals. And, uh, that's just a really important reminder that you know, life's too short. You have to make time for your own personal goals too.
2: I think too. Um, I think even just working in a hospital really makes you realize that life is short. Um, you know, all the time we see we see patients whose lives are completely changed and from something that wasn't their fault or just being in the wrong place at the wrong time. And I think it really made me, you know, realize that like you said, life is short. It's not guaranteed, and so we need to enjoy the time that we're having, and we can't always be pushing these things off for later. Like our life goals are just as important as our career goals because Mm. we're living, you know, we're not living to work. We're living to live. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that definitely just helps you be appreciative for, you know, a working body and a working mind and even having the ability to travel. And so Mm. it made me even more, you know, kind of wanting to take the reins by the, by the take the horn by the reins. I don't know what the saying is, Um, but uh, just really to do it and to live now and not to wait. Such a good point.
1: You know, I, it makes me think and like wonder if how many people even have like life goals, you know? I feel like sometimes you're just so focused on the external and what everyone else wants from you and expects from you that you don't even like sit down and think like, what are my life goals? I was
0: just gonna say that was definitely me a couple of years ago or like after grad school. I thought my career goals were my life goals. And now I'm like, wow, what is my life? You know, so I think it's so admirable, Allie, that you have been like incorporating this into your plans for a really, really long time and making it happen. And it just really inspires me. And of course, like you both are saying, like life is short and working in a hospital. Yes, every day it's like, whoa, you know, something could happen tomorrow or, or, you know, we don't always have that time. And that has been like a really big, like realization for me in the past couple years. And so, cause I always wanted to travel, but I always thought like, oh, well later when I, when I finish school, when I have a good paying job, when I
2: mm-hmm. saved
0: up money, when I pay off my debt and it's like, there's always an excuse to put it off. And then it's like, I'm 28. I've never been to Europe. Like, I, I mean, I've been to a couple places, so like I've never been to Europe. I've never traveled like I wanted to. And it's really sad. So you guys both like are very inspirational to me and, and I try to strive to be more like that. So
2: I, I think it's a really hard thing to plan to do. Like, I think that it just takes a lot of moving pieces, but once you like make it your one goal and you make all your decisions based upon that one singular goal, I think it, it makes it seem a lot more attainable. Um, I think for me too, like just knowing that I wanted to travel when I didn't have any other attachments, like I'm not in a relationship, I don't have any kids, like I, I, I'm at this time in my life where I can be selfish and I can think about just me, and that's not going to be the case for forever. So I think that motivated me even more of like, this is the time that I can be selfish. And this is the time that I can blow my money on traveling, you know, like, I'm, yeah, I just, it seems so unattainable until you until you just do it. And then you you make it work. I feel like that. I've met a lot of people traveling who have just done it. And you're just kind of moving and flowing and hoping that things are going in the right direction but a lot of times that biggest step is just buying that first plane ticket or even just deciding like I'm going to do a solo trip by myself even if it's just a week or I'm gonna go on a vacation even and then letting that kind of spiral into more and more and more
1: it's like when you're like I'll go to the gym for 10 minutes and then you stay an hour
2: (laughs) yeah exactly exactly (laughs)
1: So I'm curious, like, how did your workplace take it? How did, when did you tell them? Did you tell them your plan? Like, was everyone supportive of you? What was that like?
2: Yeah. So I told a couple of my coworkers, obviously knew like in the years coming up to it or the months coming up to it, that that was kind of my plan. Um, But like my manager and my supervisor, I I told them um, maybe like a month and a half before I was going to quit. Um, and honestly, everybody took it really well. I feel like the easiest way to leave a job is to leave a job to not work because nobody can say anything, um, because you can't compete with not working. Um, so yeah, my supervisor was really excited for me and my manager was too, was just like, I mean, this is so awesome. Um, nothing but good things to say, which, um, I think made quitting a lot easier um, because my hospital has been going through a lot of um, changes and a lot of people have been leaving for other jobs or for other opportunities because working at a hospital during a pandemic has not been the easiest thing. Um, And so it was actually really easy for me to say, hey, like, I'm not going to be working anymore because I'm not going to be working. I'm going to be retired and travel the world. And um, everybody was just super happy for me. And honestly continues to be super supportive. I still like send pictures to my coworkers and um, keep them
1: updated. That's so awesome. So you've talked a bit about how you prepared for your trip, like money and with work and planning it in advance, but is there anything else? I mean, well, let me say first, I know the effort it took for you to plan our trips to Costa Rica and Thailand and Vietnam. I know you weren't paying attention in
2: class. You were planning (laughs) the trips. (laughs)
1: So I'm just imagine there was a lot of like preparation that went into this big trip, you know, like for planning, how much planning did you do and any other pieces that I'm missing of how you prepared for the trip?
2: Yeah. Um, So planning wise, I definitely planned a lot more in the beginning. Um, This is really my first big solo travel trip. Um, So in the past, I've gone on trips with 12 girls, nine girls um, or even small groups and um, that was a lot of planning when you're traveling with a lot of people, you do have to be, um, more prepared because the chances that there's 12 bus tickets available is a lot slimmer than there just being one bus ticket available. Um, so for planning for this trip, I planned like the first month, um, pretty, uh, pretty well out. Like I planned where I was staying and how long I was going to stay in each place and already had like my hostels booked. Um, because that was something that made me kind of nervous and that was something that I could control in the beginning. Um, but as I've gone on, I've definitely been less and less of a planner. Um, so it's not as much work as it is planning a big trip when you're traveling for a long adventure, because things are so much more flexible, especially when you're on your own. Um, it really just depends on what you want to do. If you're feeling like staying longer in a place, then you just do it. Um, I have definitely planned less and less and less and less as I've gone on. Like I normally don't really know anything about the city that I'm going to or what I'm going to do until I get there. Um, It really makes you focus on the now. Um, When I'm in a place, I think, what do I want to do today? And um, I go ahead and do that. And if I'm spending all my days doing the things that I enjoy doing, then overall I like that place. Um, But I don't get as hung up on um, what I have to do in a place or you know, what people say you have to do when you go to a certain country. I just kind of try to um, live each day for its own day and do the thing that I feel like doing that day. Um, And then at the end of the trip, if I've spent every day doing something I enjoy, I usually had a good time in that place. Um, So it's definitely less planning than it is for say like a big trip. Um, But still you do have to be a little bit organized in terms of, okay, how am I getting from point A to point B? Um, but for the most part, everyone is super helpful at hospitals and even just in town, um, a lot easier than doing things over the internet. Um, so it's almost easier to plan as you go, um, because you could just talk to somebody in person and say, hey, I'm trying to get to Long Kawi, which is where I'm going next. Um, I need to get a boat. What are my options? Um, versus like spending all this time on the internet trying to figure out what the best price is. You just walk down the street and say, hey, this is where you need to go. Can you help me? Um, so in some ways it's, it's uh, a lot easier because you are so much more flexible, um, being one person. So it's not as much planning, but literally yesterday I was like, okay, I need to plan out my next week because I need to figure out where I'm going to be and buy some plane tickets and buy a bus ticket. Um, but I was almost like complaining about it. And I was like, okay, I'll check yourself. Like you're complaining about having to make a plan about where you're going to be traveling. It's pretty, it's not really a problem.
0: Okay, so you talked about, like, um, kind of, like, living in the moment. What have been some of your favorite experiences that might have, that maybe you didn't plan or maybe, like, came up, you know, in the moment?
2: Okay. Um, well, for instance, um, one thing that I'm just going to be doing this next week is that I, I literally just met this couple while I was scuba diving who, um, they're an American couple from Texas, but they're living in Malaysia right now. And I've been trying to decide, like, if I wanted to go to Malaysia, um, or not, um, but they invited me to stay with them for the weekend. And so I was like, you know what? I should go to Malaysia because they were really cool and they're offering me a free place to stay and to show me around the city. So I'm going to go. Um, or another thing I can think of, um, was in Nepal, actually the day after I had food poisoning, I started the day food poisoning or whatever I had, we don't really know, um, the day after uh, my two roommates were going to go bungee jumping and I really didn't want to miss out on it. And I was feeling okay. So I started the day saying, I'm just going to have a really chill day, probably stay in bed, watching Netflix. And then halfway through the day I was jumping off a bridge over a gorge, looking at the Himalayas. <laughs> so wow. I feel like lots of times, yeah, I feel like lots of times I just, um, you know I'm sitting downstairs eating breakfast and then someone says hey I'm going to this island does anybody want to come and you're like okay I'm down to come um so I think really just being go with the flow and seeing you know what people around you are doing or what's what feel what you feel like you want to do that day um just going with the flow usually opens you up to more and more um experiences that sounds so incredible
0: (laughs) that's awesome um I mean, it sounds like everything's working out, but before you went, did you have any doubts about like traveling by yourself or anything like that?
2: Yes, totally. So I 100% was so nervous before I left. So probably in like the, like, it was really exciting when I bought my plane ticket. And then I was really excited when I was quitting my job. And then probably like the last month before leaving, I was not really excited to come. Like I was really nervous and I was actually like counting down the days that I had left. I was like, oh, I only have three more weeks. I only have two more weeks. Um, because I was really nervous to travel alone. And I was nervous that I wasn't gonna make friends. I was nervous that I was not gonna enjoy myself. I was nervous that I was just gonna waste all my money and not have a good time. Um and yeah, I was I was I was really, really nervous. And I think that's really normal um and it's funny because now when I meet people or in the beginning of my trip when I was meeting people and you know I'd tell them like I was so nervous that I wasn't going to make friends or I was so they're like Allie how did you think that you were not going to meet people like there's so many people traveling but you're just constantly like I was in a cycle in my head about you know being anxious about these new experiences Um, and and, and, and I got over it pretty quickly. I think like within the first couple of weeks of traveling, I was realizing like, wow, I'm meeting so many people. It's so easy to meet people. It's so much fun to meet new people. Um, and I, I definitely got over it, but like the first week, even I remember like getting to Europe and just being like, okay, I'm in Europe and I am here and I'm having a great time. Am I having a great time? It definitely took a little bit of getting used to traveling and getting used to being on your own um but yeah I think it's really normal to have hesitations and I definitely did
1: as I'm just putting myself in your shoes I literally feel nervous right now like sitting here and that's not even my plan like because I can just I remember times like studying abroad and stuff it was so fucking scary and that was in mm-hmm. the safe container of like a study abroad program but you're really just on your own out there so it's, uh, yeah, I, I appreciate you sharing that It's normal to have those doubts because I don't think they should hold anyone back, you know, cause I, I hear people say like, I could never do it. I could never do it. And it's kind of like,
2: mm, I don't know. I want people to challenge themselves a little bit more than that. Yeah. And I have to give a big shout out to my parents too, um, because my parents have been supportive of me traveling since the day that I told them when I first started working, um, you know, they were like, I think that's awesome that you're going to do that. They've always encouraged me to be independent and encouraged me that I'm independent enough to travel alone um, and have never really um, like shared their doubts with me, um, which I, I think is really special because a lot of people's parents, um, you know, are constantly in their ears as, are you sure this is going to be safe? Can you be doing this on your own? Um, and I think that if my parents were having doubts in me, it would probably have caused me to have more doubts than me. Um, but when I was going through this before I was leaving, they were so supportive and so like reassuring and, in, in in supporting me and telling me that I could do it. Um, which I feel really, really lucky to have such supportive um, parents in my corner.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. So what do you miss about being home? Speaking
2: of your parents. Ooh, So um, my biggest thing that I miss is a warm chocolate chip cookie. That's like the thing that I've been craving for months now. Like a chocolate chip cookie that's still gooey in the middle. Um, And then I really miss my dog, um, Phoebe, my golden retriever. Uh, But luckily, there's you know so many dogs in Thailand and in lots of countries that I kind of I can still get my dog fixed. Um I really miss having multiple pillows. Because I love sleeping with multiple pillows. And in fact, at this hostel that I'm staying at now, I got moved to this new room and I have two pillows. And I have just been sleeping so good just because I have two pillows. It's like a little comfort of, of home. Um, and obviously, like just my friends, like the comforts of having my own room. Um, yeah. but, but overall, like there's just so many good experiences that it definitely um, outweighs the things that you miss. Mexican food also. No, no good Mexican food
0: abroad. So how have you been able to connect with other people while traveling?
2: Yeah. So it's honestly so, so, so easy to meet people while traveling. Um, especially, um, um, right now there's so many solo female travelers out there, like way more solo females out there than solo male travelers. Um, and I just feel like there's like a, like a, shared understanding um, among solo female travelers that we're just instantly connected um, with each other. So I've been staying mostly in hostels. So that makes it really easy to meet people in your room and the common rooms. Um, I feel like when you're traveling, you're just automatically more open to having like random conversations with random people that you've never met. Um, So it's really normal. Like I met this girl on the beach the other day because we both went to the secret beach and we just hung out and did our own thing like separately, but would chat occasionally throughout the day and then ended up like watching the sunset together and getting dinner and hanging out because we were both just solo and hit it off. And it's just like so normal to have a conversation with somebody that you've never met because that's just what you do when you're traveling. Um, I think to when you're traveling, I feel like there's just less pressure in like a relationship or a friendship. Like I, you know, you don't really know if you're ever going to see this person again, um, or maybe you will. Uh, but I feel like you're automatically just having more deep conversations, like more meaningful conversations. Like, I feel like I've had conversations with people that I've known for, you know, an hour or a day that I maybe haven't had with some of my some of my close friends, um, because I just think that traveling just brings that out in you. It's been really easy to meet people. And I've been really surprised at how like, um, deep of connections I've been able to make with people, um, over short periods of time. I kind of think of it like, you know, on like the bachelor, how they (laughs) have like these really intense connections over a short period of time because they're just constantly spending all their time with each other like I kind of feel like that's how it is in traveling like you're seeing people for such short periods of time so you're having such intense conversations and intense experiences together that really like kind of bonds you um yeah I feel like I've met people and I still keep in contact with people that I met in Europe and I have plans to meet up with them again and these are people that I spent you know only a couple of days with but still check in on them and know what's going on in their lives and um, have plans to meet up with them um, later in life because uh, of the types of relationships that you're able to form while you're traveling and, and I think a big part of that is just the fact that you're sharing this common experience um, you know traveling is such a eye-opening and Um, kind of intense experience that when you're sharing that experience with somebody it automatically makes your connection you know stronger than if you were just um you know going to the park with someone or going on a walk with someone you're like seeing these really beautiful things and experiencing these different cultures and meeting all these different people
1: yeah that makes sense to me it almost feels like you know in those situations like you're all vital to one another because you're all solo. So you really need each other and you need that connection. Like it just shows like you need connection. So you're going to, you're going to form them. And I, I could totally see why they'd be very deep friendship, very long lasting friendships, or maybe not long lasting, but potent friendships while they do last Mm -hmm. because of the situation you're in that, that makes so much sense to me and is so cool. And I feel like that's how you discover new things about yourself is when you're talking to new people, you've never really, talked to before and are having new conversations you wouldn't have in your day-to-day routine and it's like opens you up it's like a flower
2: yeah it's like you grow so much because you're having these different experiences that are causing you to think in different ways and process things in different ways and and see the world differently yeah
1: literally you see the world differently once you're exposed to more stuff and just different things so
2: yeah and it's been crazy I have to share I just had like a really small world experience here in my hostel um, in Kualipe um so I had met this girl in Nepal um, through my roommate at my hostel um and we had hung out for like one evening or two evenings and like gone out to dinner and just had a really good time really good belly laughs um And then the other night, I was just had just gotten out of the shower, and I ran into this girl in my hostel in Thailand. Um, And it was just this crazy, like, serendipitous run-in where we were like, oh my gosh, you're here too? Um, Which that does happen a lot when you're traveling, because everyone's kind of doing the same circuit. But Nepal to Thailand isn't exactly the closest of places. Um, And it was really great. We got to hang out again while she was here. And we had so much fun. Um, like kind of, we just, we started back right where we left off in Nepal and like had the most wonderful couple of days. And then she left and I was just like, I feel like I'm going to see you again because I mean, the world just has a funny way of of doing things like that. Oh, that's so cool.
1: Yeah. That's really awesome. And I was also thinking like, Uh, when like solo travelers, like you all are kind of at a crossroads in your life. So that probably lends to those deeper connections too, where you're all kind of like contemplating things and thinking about what's next and thinking, like reflecting on your experience you just had for the past, you know, 27 years. And now here you are in this moment. So it's like, I'm sure there's a lot of that too. I was just going to
0: say like that thing about you, like running into that same person. It really, it really is kind of mind blowing to think like, okay usually we think of the world being so huge and especially when you're traveling you know so far but then you end up crossing paths with the same person like the chances of that are just so slim that it really I don't know it's almost like the people that come into our lives are really meant to come into our lives because you know like the world really is smaller than we we might think
2: about yeah. Like the world is big. Like we know it's fast. It's huge. But then when you have these small world situations, it really makes you realize like the world is actually not that big. Or like when you meet somebody and you have a mutual friend from back home, you know, and you're like, Oh, we, we both know the same person. Like that's crazy. So crazy. Yeah. Connections
1: are so interesting that way. Seven degrees of separation. <laughs> right. I know. Right. So what are some of the big lessons you've learned while traveling? or while meeting new people?
2: Hmm. I think one of the biggest lessons, which I kind of already touched on, um, was just the importance of letting go of what you're supposed to do in a place and doing what makes you happy. Um, I think that it's so easy to get caught up in getting to a place and Googling, you know, things you have to do here and then being like, okay, I have to go see this temple and this temple. I need to go this park. And if you're constantly just doing the things that you're feel like you're supposed to be doing, are you necessarily enjoying it? Or I, I, I let go of just, um, having to see everything and realizing that you can't see everything you can't do it all. Um, and you also need to have rest. Um, so I think that was just a big lesson of learning of just, um, letting go of what you're supposed to do and doing what you want to do. I think in general, when meeting people, like just, Um, like letting go of the uncomfortableness of like starting a conversation with somebody that you don't know. Um, I've never tried to start a conversation with somebody and then then been rude to me or not answered me. Like everyone's always friendly, but it's like that first little like, hey, what's your name? Or hey, where have you been traveling? Like that's sometimes hard to um hard to initially get out, but once you Start those conversations usually, it ends up with like you having a new friend and then you're like doing something with them. Um, but getting over that fear of like being alone and uh, like being awkward, um, I think the importance of not planning has been a big lesson that I've learned. Um, so for instance, when I went to Nepal, I knew that I wanted to do this big trek um, in the Himalayas called the Annapurna Circuit, um, and before I had gone, I had signed up to, you know, do it with like a a group, um, with a guide. Um, And then when I got to Nepal, um, I found out that it was not going to be a group. It was just going to be me and the guide. And I was like, "Mm, that's just like not really what I was looking for. Um, But my, my mom and my parents really wanted me to go with a guide or go with a group because they didn't want me to go alone, which I totally understand. It's the Himalayas. But I was feeling like really uneasy about that decision to like go with a guide and nobody else. I was like, I know I'll meet people, but I, it just wasn't the experience that I had kind of pictured for myself. Um, but I then went to a yoga retreat and I was gonna get my Zen on and just like really take a couple of days to kind of rest and recharge. Um, and while I was there on my first day, I met this girl named Belle who was also from the US and um, was at the yoga academy doing her yoga teacher training. And we hit it off and she and this other girl were gonna start the track in a couple of days. And they were like, Allie, do you wanna join? And I immediately just felt so much better. I was like, yes, this is what I'm supposed to do. Um, And I was able to switch everything up and get my money back from the um, original trucking company and then able to truck with them. Um, And it ended up just being the best experience. Like our group meshed so well together me and Arabella like really meshed well together and ended up actually traveling together for almost six weeks um and and it really just showed me the importance of trusting that you'll meet the right people and not over planning um because I I wouldn't I couldn't have known that I was going to go to this retreat and I was going to meet some cool people and that I was going to talk with them but it ended up if I would have just kind of gone with the flow, that's probably what would have happened. But it would have been a little bit less stressful because we didn't already pay for everything and then have to ask my money back type of situation. But I think as I've been traveling more and more, I've realized that if you plan things, you end up changing the plan. Um, so it's kind of better in some cases just to let life do its thing and trust that you'll end up in the right place with the right people. I love that lesson. That's so cool because it
0: is like, everything worked out the way that you intended it to but it wasn't like a a clear-cut thing like from the beginning so then you have that like problem-solving moment where you try to like take over and
2: and do it and but then it ended up working out exactly how you wanted it that's so cool yeah literally like it was honestly my My trek was one of the most amazing things I've done on my travels and Mm -hmm. a big part of it was the amazing group that I was with and um, how much fun we had even when we were hiking up the hills and like out of breath. So it definitely um, was a good life lesson to learn kind of early on in my trip, just the importance of knowing that the world will take you to the the people that you need to meet and the places that you need to go. But sometimes you have to let go of control a little bit, which is, which is hard.
0: That is hard, but it's such a good lesson. And like, even, even like outside of traveling, I feel like that's such
2: a good lesson to learn. Yeah. And I think too, just like learning the importance of being able to pivot. I think we, we use the word pivot all the time. Um, you know, I was going to do this, but now I'm going to pivot and do that. Um, I have changed my plans like the morning of the day of, because I've been like, oh, this just doesn't feel right. I'm feeling drawn towards this. Like I would rather do this. And in every situation where I've pivoted, I'm, I'm, I'm usually glad that I went with my gut. Um, I think trusting your instincts and trusting your intuition is really big when you're traveling. Um, both when you're meeting people, I think it's amazing how much you can tell from like the first 15 minutes of a conversation. Like I can usually get a feel of if I'm going to really vibe with a person or, or not, um, as well as trusting your intuition, you know, in safety situations or when you're meeting people or trusting people to go somewhere with them or you know, get on a motorbike with them or do all these things. You're just constantly trusting yourself. Um, and so I think it's important to, um, like listen to your intuition and, and and trust yourself and know that, um, you know, you have a good head on your shoulders and that usually your body or your mind is telling you something for a reason. Do you have any, uh, other travel tips for other people who are hoping to travel solo? Definitely do it. I think solo traveling is just such an amazing experience and that you can really gain so much um like to learn about yourself so much like growth that you can make um I think that traveling alone it just opens you up to meeting so many people like I've traveled you know been traveling with one person that I've met so there's been two of us and you automatically can see that it's it's harder you're less approachable when you're with somebody else so definitely traveling alone is scary but being alone actually I feel like it makes it easier to meet other people. Definitely, if you're gonna solo travel, I would always recommend a backpack, um, not a suitcase. Um, Pack light, pack way lighter than you think. Um, You don't need nearly as many things, and when you're carrying everything on your back, you're gonna be wishing that you had less. Um, Don't be afraid to talk to people, I think, and stay in hostels. it's so easy to meet people when you're in a hostel. Um, and all you really have to do is say like, hi. Um, I remember one day we were me and my friend Belle and my other friend, we were going to go, um, on this little day trip. And we ran into this other girl, um, on the street because we liked her skirt and we were like, Oh my God, your skirt's so cute. Where'd you get it? That started the conversation. And then we were just like, Hey, do you want to join with us for the day? She said yes. And we ended up having like the best day together. But honestly, if anybody has any questions about solo traveling, you can give them my Instagram. I'm more than happy to um, chat with anyone who's interested in taking that leap.
1: Cool. Yeah. We'll put your Instagram in our description here. And I also just want to say like all of the things you've said, Allie, are, are are really, really powerful messages that are hitting me and teaching me things like trusting your intuition, letting go saying yes, like, all of these things are just so amazing. I, I really want to applaud you for like all that you've learned on this journey. And I can just see how life changing it's been. So it's just, yeah, it's so cool. Hey, I am kind of curious, like in terms of travel tips, like, are you comfortable sharing like monetary value? Like, how much money have you spent and like how much money do you feel like somebody needs for a journey like this? Um I saw something yeah. on Instagram about like a girl, she traveled for a year and her ex- total expenses were less than her rent would have been in New York.
2: Yeah, so to be honest, um I don't really have a budget. I'm feel I feel very fortunate for that that I'm not on a super strict budget because I was able to save a good amount of money. Um so my initial budget was like $2,000 a month, which is a lot. Um but uh, traveling in Europe versus traveling in Southeast Asia, you can imagine which one is way cheaper. So Southeast Asia is way cheaper than Europe. Um, so I definitely spent a lot more money in the beginning part of my trip and now I've been able to save a little bit more. Um, so I've heard um, around $20,000 a year for per person for a year long trip, but that really just depends on how you're moving. Um, like, are you flying places? Are you taking the bus? Um, so I definitely could have done my trip, uh, a lot cheaper, um, if I would have stayed kind of in one location, but I've kind of been bopping around and just doing the things that I really want to do. Um, so if you're wanting to be on a shoestring budget, you could not ever take a flight and you'd save a lot, a lot of money. Um, as far as budgeting, I pretty much just always try to choose the cheaper option. Um, I, ha- I feel like since I'm out here, if there's an experience that I want to do, I'm going to do it because I'm already here. Um, but little things like food, like for instance, this morning, I, I got a bag of cereal and then poured the milk into the cereal and then just ate it from the, from, from the bag. And that's a go-to um, breakfast for me. So there's always ways that you can save money. Um, by, you know, cooking your own food or, um, you know, having a Tupperware and saving your leftovers. Um, But um, I think for me, it's been a lot easier to spend less money when I'm traveling on my own, on my own. When I'm traveling with friends or I have friends come visiting, I definitely notice that I spend a lot more money. Um, Alcohol is like another thing that is just so expensive. So if you don't drink, you could save a lot of money. So it just kind of depends on, you know, what kind of trip you're trying to have and, and what your budget is. Um, but for me, I have been able to be a little bit more, uh, a little bit less frugal and spend a little bit more because I, I did give myself a good amount of a cushion. That's good to know. Um, so what
0: are your next plans? What's coming up for you?
2: Oh, so I'm super excited. So I'm going to be on the island for a couple more days and then I'm going to go to Malaysia um, for like five or six days. Um, because I am then flying to Australia from um, Kuala Lumpur to meet my parents. Um, So my mom and dad are coming out for a month and we are going to travel together uh, doing Australia and New Zealand. Um, So I'll be in Australia for like nine days, uh, just in Sydney and then diving the Great Barrier Reef. Um, and then we're going to fly to New Zealand and do a three week South Island road trip. Um, so that's what's next for me. And I'm so, so, so excited to see them and really excited to travel with them and kind of get to show off my traveling skills to them. Um, but I'm also really excited to not be in charge of making all the decisions um, and excited to have my own room and my own bed in most of the places that we're staying, I get my own room and I'm very excited. Um, and then after that, I don't really know. Um, I really need to buy a plane ticket from New Zealand somewhere. That has been my chore that i am supposed to been doing is figuring out what to do, um, which sounds like a fun chore, um, but I'm having trouble making decisions. Um, and I don't really know where from there. Um, I want to go to Indonesia at some point. Um, and... I have just heard lots of great things about South America, so I'm trying to decide if I potentially want to come back to the U.S. for a little bit and then go down to South America, Um, but I haven't really decided anything in stone, but it's fun to think of all the options, but at least directly next for me is um, meeting up with my parents for a month in New Zealand and Australia. That literally
1: sounds so amazing, so fun. I just can't even, even fathom how amazing that is and cool. And I'm so excited for you to be with your parents. Um, yeah, really cool. I mean, dare I ask, but I am curious, like what are your future SLP plans? Do you think you'll return to the profession? Oh, I was wondering,
2: (laughs) good question. Um, Yes, I think I'll return to the field because I'm going to need to make money and our job does in fact pay well. So I will become an SLP again in my life. Um, As far as where I'm going to be an SLP, that's totally up in the air. Um, I would love to do some travel contracts. um, If I can, like just a quick three-month contract somewhere to make some money. Um, Or I have looked into potentially Um, working in like New Zealand or Australia um, because our license transfers to those countries. So that's kind of been my thought process of either um, doing something in another country, but being an SLP or um, being a travel SLP. Uh, And I think ideally I would want to live not in California for a little bit of time Um, just because I've always lived in California and I love it, Um, but I want to experience something new um, so potentially doing travel therapy somewhere else. Um, I've been really pumped on Alaska or Hawaii of like really going big and trying to work um, in one of those places. But I think it'll really depend on what my travel plans are too. Um, like if I decide to come home to the U.S. for a little bit of time, it would be convenient to just work a travel job in California because I I still have my my California license. Um, but yeah, it's kind of really all up in the air. Um, uh, after I finish meeting up with my parents, I'm going to try to slow down my travel a little bit and do more like volunteering, working, traveling so that I can make my money last a little bit longer. Um, so doing like a workaway where I work for maybe five hours a day in exchange for um, free uh, room and food. Um, because if I'm not spending money, that means I can travel for longer. Um, and as I've been traveling, it's made me realize that i just want to figure out how i can travel for longer and continue to not work
1: <laughs> mhm mhm yeah i support that
2: mm-hmm. yeah that's awesome
1: <laughs> i don't blame yeah. you
2: for that i mean i i love being a speech therapist and i i loved my job but it was definitely time for a break i think um working in the healthcare field and then working during the pandemic was a lot more stressful um, than I realized and once I quit my job I realized how much better I was sleeping and how much like better my skin was and I don't think I realized how much the job actually had an impact on me Um, so it's definitely moving forward when I do start working again I definitely want to um try to work on you know um having it impact me less if that's, if that's possible, but I, I don't even think I realized how much it was impacting me um, until I quit. And I, I think we probably all can resonate with that, that um, sometimes you don't really realize how much something's taking a toll on us until we take that factor away.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. That just shows that even if you love your job, even if you have great
1: coworkers, even if the work you're doing is meaningful, like, I mean, healthcare is extremely stressful, but it's just taxing to work that much at that level, at that capacity, especially during a pandemic, you know, so it's just, just goes to show everyone should just quit their job.
2: For real, I am all about it. Everyone should quit their job if they can at some point, um, and take some time off. I think that we go to school for our whole lives and then we work for our whole lives. Because when, when I'm traveling, you never meet any Americans. Like that's the, the least people that I meet are from America. Um. You meet so many people from Europe traveling. It's so common for Europeans to take a gap year. Um, It's so common for for Europeans to take the sabbatical and take six months or a year off their job just to travel and work on them. But that's so uncommon in the US. And I think that's something that um, we need to change um, because it's it's so apparent when you're traveling to see the difference in work-life balance From in the US compared to many other countries. If you do meet an American traveling, like most of the time, they've quit their job because we don't get the same amount of paid time off as other countries. You know, you meet lots of people from Germany and the Netherlands who are just on a six week vacation that they're just using their paid time off for. But that's like unheard of in the US to have six weeks of paid time off or, you know, Mm -hmm. anything close to that.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, that's a really interesting point.
0: Like I feel like if you get time off to go and like take these breaks, you're going to be a better, happier person. More productive. You're going to be more productive. Yeah, like yeah. I I think yeah. I just I agree.
2: Yeah, it's just so apparent. It's just so apparent when you're traveling. You, you I mean, literally the most people that I've met people from is um Germany and the Netherlands, like they have great paid time off, great work, work-life balance in those countries. Um, and I mean, I'd say, I mean, I've met such few Americans while traveling. And, and if you have, they're either doing seasonal work or they put their job, like nobody's on a sabbatical, nobody's just using their paid time off. Like for the most part, people have quit because that's what you have to do in the U.S. to like take these long breaks. But, you know, hopefully it's something that employers can see and it can be you know, more common in the U S. Um, and I think part of that will just have to start being like a conversation about it, talking about a sabbatical, talking about these things. Um, and as more and more people do it, it'll become more of the way of life.
1: Yeah. I hope so too. I do think we're moving in that direction because so many conversations like this are happening and like, like the younger generations are working so much smarter and they're not really putting up with this type of shit. And you know, it's becoming more common to go travel and do all these things. So I really do have hope for the future, but we're just not there yet.
0: Okay. Ali, our final question that we ask everybody, what do you think is the key to
2: connection? I really think the key to connection is, is just being open, being vulnerable, um, and, um, putting yourself in, in like, not being afraid to put yourself in an uncomfortable situation. Um, I think you get out of a connection, what you put into it. So if you're, um, you know, opening up and, and getting more, more, more vulnerable, there's a good chance that the other person is also going to get to that level with you. Um, I think, um, just even just saying hello or just, um, asking basic questions sometimes is the beginning of a really great friendship that would have you know, maybe not have happened if you don't just say, Hey, like, what did you do today? Or, Hey, where have you been traveling? So, um, I think just asking questions, um, being positive, um, and being open, um, are the keys, at least to connection while traveling. Such important
1: stuff and super cool. We're so happy for you, Allie.
2: Yay. Thank you. You're such an inspiration. Uh, I mean, I feel extremely lucky. I feel, um, you know, I obviously made decisions to put my path as being this path, but I also, you know, I'm extremely fortunate to have, you know, to have been able to live at home and to have such supportive parents and, you know, to have all these things kind of go right for me to be able to travel. So I definitely am not taking it for granted and trying to, you know, live every moment and enjoy every moment.
1: Awesome. Well, we love seeing your pictures on Instagram and all of our followers should go follow you
2: and are you still doing your blog Allie did you want to plug that you know I am I am doing my blog I'm supposed to be catching up on it because the wi-fi has honestly been so bad in um Southeast Asia that it's been very difficult to work on on my phone but my um my blog and the uh, link to my blog is posted in my Instagram bio so if anybody's interested you can just click on it put your email in and then you'll get an email whenever I post um, there should be some posts on Cambodia and Thailand coming up in the next uh, couple of days or couple of weeks or so
1: awesome I need to check it out as well definitely want to read more and see all the pictures
2: oh I did learn um have a nice day in Thai it's been my thing I've been impressing all the Thai ladies with so I'll leave you guys with that um but it's um Thank you for tuning in to today's episode
1: of the Key to Connection podcast. You can connect with us on Instagram at the Key to Connection podcast.
0: DM us if you'd like to join in on the conversation or have an idea for our next topic or guest. Tune in on Thursdays for new episodes.